Well, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to episode number 132 of Starting the Conversation. I'm your host, Alice Benham, here with this week's co-host, Kerry. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. How are you doing today? Good, thank you. Really good. Can't be doing bad on a Wednesday, right? It's like middle of the week, (laughs) can't go wrong. It's true. I love that. Let's start off with a bit of high-low. I'll let you kick us off. Do you want to go for a low or a high? Which are you feeling? I'm going to take a high. Go for it. I'm going in high. I am real high for me this week was a lovely message that I received on the gram uh, last night about eight o'clock from a woman who I, for without meaning to sound like uh, I think I'm some kind of big deal, I'd never interacted with this woman. I didn't know that she was viewing my content or anything and had a lovely, deep and meaningful from her talking to me about the impact that some of my content had had on her life. And it really lifted me because... You know, the struggle can feel very real, no pun intended, on Instagram right now. You know, followers are up and down like nobody's business at the most. So to be reminded that there can be very real impact there rather than just letting it drain all of your time and struggle to see the benefits was just such a high for me last night. I love that. And it's such a good reminder, isn't it, to not be passive consumers of people's content? Because it's so easy just to click through the story, scroll through and love it, but never say anything. But when you're on the other side of that, I think you're reminded even just one message, like you've said, of like, this really resonated, thank you. So impactful, because you don't feel like you're speaking to that brick wall or just into the abyss. Yeah. And it really inspired me to, shortly after that, someone came up on stories who I bought something from a couple of weeks ago and I'd loved their product, but I hadn't let them know. So it really inspired me to be like, okay, how can I pay this forward? Like, I'm going to let them know about my fantastic experience with them. So I think there is a potential for a real ripple effect when we give feedback like that. Yeah. It's so encouraging. I mean, especially in a time like this, I feel like any, any good stuff, I'm up for it. I'm welcoming it in. I'm trying to think what my high, I'm going to go for a surface level high. You went for a nice deep one. (laughs) I had a great lasagna for my lunch just now. Just think a good lunch goes a very long way. Totally, totally. Well, perhaps I'll meet you with my low, sticking with the lunch theme. Do it, let's go. My low for lunch, I was thinking, I'm having beans on toast. It's a beans on toast kind of day. And then I put the beans on and I remembered that I used the last slice of bread for the sandwiches for packed lunches this morning. So I went to my freezer, got some bird's eye potato waffles. Other brands of waffles are available. Pop them in the toaster. And that was my lunch, like toasted (laughs) waffles with beans and some vegan cheese. I mean, I'm calling it a low. There was a lot about it that was very satisfying, but still it feels like, you know, it could have been a lot better. I feel like for me, that would probably be a high, that kind of lunch. (laughs) I'm all over those eating habits. But it is sad when you're expecting something. And then like last night, I was so sure I had garlic bread. So sure. (laughs) I looked in every drawer in the freezer, wasn't there. And it's the like expectation and the disappointment. It's it's heartbreaking. It really is. Food has the ability to really set your day off. I think I'll just add my low into that. I think my low would be that I didn't have garlic bread last night, which was another portion of the lasagna. And that person who just eats the same thing until it's finished, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which highs and lows with that as well. Anyway, love it when they're food related. Shall we get started with our conversation starter? 
because you even saying then about when someone sent you a message about your content, I remember the day where I found your Instagram profile, it was a couple of weeks ago, I was like neck deep, not knee deep, like neck deep in the launch fields and all of the kind of mindset challenges that come as a result. And your content, I think that day you were talking about fear of success, was such a breath of fresh air for me. And I remember almost just clinging to your Instagram stories. Like, <laughs> this is what I need. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, Carrie needs to come on the podcast. This is something I feel like I've learned a lot about in the last four weeks as I've experienced it. Obviously, I'm not an expert in it. So as someone that helps a lot of other women through this, I thought, let's open up the conversation and have a chat about fear of success. And I guess more typically as women, kind of what our relationship with success looks like. So as someone who I'm assuming both experiences this and also coaches other people through yeah. it, which is always a fun combo, talk to me more about that. Like fear of success, it sounds ridiculous, right? Like, okay, that's a nice problem to have. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like it sneaks up on us. Like we all know we have fear of failure and we're really up for talking about that. And yeah, fear of success is one that is a little bit more kind of discreet in the way that it affects our behaviors. Um, and I think particularly this applies to women. There are certainly men who also fear success, but I think there are reasons why women particularly struggle with this. And it's super interesting. When I was thinking about this in preparation for our conversation today, I was thinking, oh, when's the earliest I can remember noticing this in women and uh, I used to be a hypnobirthing teacher before I was um, a mindset coach and I used to run these sessions for, where pregnant women would come get some support and resources and do relaxation together and stuff and there would always be like second time mums there who would essentially have to have it kind of pulled out of them like pulling teeth that they'd had a good birth the first time round. the people who'd had difficult births were reaching for that kind of connection really happy to talk about their experiences like seeking some kind of debriefing and empathy but the women who'd had good experiences were frightened to share it and when pressed it was all around fear of coming across as smug or fear that um they would be seen as oh well they must be judging other women who didn't cope as well or things didn't go as well for them so that really kind of came back to me big and bold around my the first time I noticed that and of course you know we can't success is not an objective thing when it comes to birth everyone's experience is individual but the fact that someone felt they'd had a successful experience was enough to almost bring some shame when it came to bringing that to conversation it really mirrors what I now see from women in business so women really struggling to share their achievements for a couple of reasons really I think I mean there's quite a lot of studies that show that women are more likely to attribute their success and their achievements to luck and when things go wrong we're more likely to take responsibility for that that is so true or you find yourself like someone praises you and you're like, yeah, well, let me give you the seven reasons why I wasn't responsible for that success. Thank you. There you go. Exactly that. Like I've prepared a PowerPoint for why I am completely unworthy of all of this success. Whereas men are the opposite. Typically, men are likely to um, take responsibility for their successes and claim them as their own. 
and attribute their uh, failures to bad luck and circumstance. So I think, you know, it's very, it, it's very appealing for men generally to believe that success and merit are completely correlated because everywhere they look, they see other men taking up space and success. Of course, it's hugely convenient to believe like being successful and, and kind of being worthy of that sort of go together. Whereas for women, I think we look around us at so many other brilliant women, like we see each other being incredibly talented, incredibly resilient, having all the capacity and, and competence. And yet we see so few women who are in successful positions or prestigious positions. So, I mean, a lot of us are, I'm assuming your audience joining us here, a lot of us are in entrepreneurial, uh, the entrepreneurial field. But when we think about, for example, like FTSE 250 companies, like only five of those companies have a female CEO. Only a third of MPs are women. Only 12% of billionaires are women. And I know like, probably we don't want to be billionaires. Like there's a whole lot of, you know, moral conundrum going on around that. But essentially what we're shown as success, it feels like it doesn't really belong to us because we don't see many women in those positions. So when we experience some success, we're like, oh, it can't have been because I deserve it because so few women get it. It must be that it was just a stroke of luck. And I think that we think we're being dead empathetic to other women and that we're sort of having compassion for them because we know they deserve it too. So we think like, oh, if I say I was lucky, then it's kind of being more generous to them. But actually all we're doing is perpetuating this story that when women do God, well, it's because so they're lucky. interesting to hear you explain it in that way. Even that comparison of, you know, with women, we think that success isn't down to us, but failure is, and men are the total opposite. It's so refreshing in a way to hear you say that of like, oh, that's so true. Like these men don't have some gift or skill that we don't. They just somehow have this ability to look at their success and their failure in that more you know, probably arguably the middle ground between the two is where we should be sat. But it's so interesting to hear it explained in that way. And definitely something that I come across when I think about the idea of like, all oh, being scared of success, not wanting to share that, is that arm of, you know, but how are other people going to perceive it? And it's almost humility, isn't it? But it's not. We're disguising it as humility, but actually it's us feeling uncomfortable about and not wanting to own that success. So what do you kind of say to that? If people are like, well, I want to be conscious of other people. I don't want to put them down. I don't want to, you know, give them something to compare themselves to, but I also don't want to not own it and hide it. Like, what does that balance look like? Yeah, I think it's a really great question. And the big opportunity for all of us is to shift out of a mindset that we've been conditioned into our whole lives. The mindset that the society we live in has cultivated for us is more for her, less for you. Like only very few women can be successful. To be successful, you must meet these very kind of narrow criteria in order for other people to be able to tolerate your success and so if she is doing really well and she's proud of that what we want you to believe as a society is that she's uh, rubbing it in your face she's taunting you she's saying look what I have and therefore you are far less likely to have it but it's just not how it works. What we actually know to be true is that societies where women are more empowered and successful breed more successful and empowered women. So we know things like, for example, wealthy women 
are much more likely to donate more to good causes than their male counterparts. We know that they're far more likely to donate to charities and movements that support issues that affect women and children. We know that women are far more likely to channel their income into health and education in their communities and to other small family-owned businesses. So the more successful women are, the more successful other women are likely to be in those practical terms, but also in the sense that when we step outside of this like very narrow road of success that we're allowed to walk down and like when we take up more space than the tiny amount we are allowed in terms of owning our success and being proud of ourselves, we make it a little bit more safe for other women to do the same. So at the minute, yeah, it is a rare and unusual thing for a woman to be like, these are my achievements. I'm really proud of them. I deserve them all. And therefore, it's quite a terrifying thing to say. But what if we were all saying it, you know, like, what if we were all saying it, it wouldn't feel like a a big issue. Now, the reason we cannot move forwards with that is because we have become totally willing to do the work of those systems of oppression for them. Like we're double agents. So we're the ones saying, oh, look at her, who she thinks she is, like the Queen of Sheba. Like she loves herself. She's full of herself. Like she's full of herself is one of my favorite kind of insults to play with because it's like, what else would you be full of? (laughs) Right. And it's actually such a compliment. It's like when people go, you've changed. And it's like, thank you very much. That's a good thing. I am confident in myself. Great. (laughs) Right. Like, thank you for noticing my evolution. Like, I appreciate being seen. And so... We've got to, I think, really look at the part that we play as individuals and as a collective of women. Like, how do I own my own success? And how do I advocate for and respond to other women when they do own their own success? And when we can be in that kind of space, it's like, we're all in this together against this system of oppression. We can be clear that us owning our success is a service that we provide to other women. Like this is not rubbing it in their faces and going, oh, I've got it and you can't. It's like holding it out to them in outstretched palms and being like, oh, I have this. Like, what does your version of success look like? Like, can I make it yeah, easier for you to get Yeah, it's such a good point. And I think a reminder that we don't always want, but is so needed that it does start with us as well. I massively noticed when I was going through my launch in September, which is what flagged up all of these fun, not actually fun, but I guess fun with where they get you, kind of feelings and thoughts around success, what really came up for me was that it was actually how judgmental I was of other women that had what I perceived as success, again, seeing it as a personal thing. And I was then putting that judgment on myself. And that was quite uncomfortable to realize because no one wants to think that they're part of the problem or that they're creating this environment. But I absolutely realized, oh, I'm judging myself and I'm scared that people are going to judge me because that's a little bit of what I can do to other women who are in that space. And it's not feeling bad for that, but I guess it's realizing that that can start with us and then making the change from there. Definitely. And whenever people ask me, like, how can I overcome my fear of judgment? My first invitation to them is stop judging other women. Like if you get out of that headspace, it's amazing how quickly things can shift. When we are in constant judgment mode, 
as we have been trained to be, it's not that we, this is our natural way, like this is our training to judge each other. We've been trained by every magazine on every shelf, like all through our teenage years, like look at her cellulite, look at her love life. She's a mess. Like, oh, look at her life falling apart. And then we pay (laughs) to read it and to participate in this very kind of public uh, attack on each other. It is somewhat bizarre when we really start to see it for what it is. But if if we are constantly in that kind of headspace of analysing other people's choices, of course, we're going to be assuming that everyone else is doing that to us. And that's going to paralyse us. That's going to send us a little bit crazy, like second guessing and overthinking and letting those um, projections drive our decisions or limit our decisions. Whereas when we're in a headspace of being less judgmental, of course, other people are still going to be judging us. It's not some like magic force field that grows around us being like I am not judging and therefore I will not be judged but it just stops becoming so crippling I think and I'm glad you touched on that almost like it's not really our fault that we're feeling this way and I definitely find with myself when I'm making a snap judgment about someone you know what it's like you see an Instagram post you see some shiny news and you're immediately like bitch mode is on I find that then when I question it and I'm like okay well why have I reacted in that way nine times out of ten it's actually not based on any form of opinion or value or truth that I hold it's just Either that it's something that I want, which is huge, right? Where with women, we think like, well, she's got it. So then I can't have it, even though it's the exact opposite. If she has it, it's proof that you can get it. It's funny that our brains look at it in that way. Or it's just assumed of like, well, I should be judging her. I should be disliking her because she has success. But when you think about it and you break it down, there's not often a lot of truth that sits within it. Yeah. And I think like when we really are willing to examine where did we get these ideas from and also then like who benefits from us holding these ideas. So that is something that really motivates me to overcome my own judgmental habits in that oh, me, you know, throwing this venom at this person, whether they ever know about it or not. Like, you know, I believe that the energy doesn't lie. And I, if I'm having these like malicious thoughts about this person, well, that's certainly no good for me. It's certainly no good for them. Who is benefiting from this here? And, you know, like an example would be, I really struggled with, I'm just going to do air quotes, but no one would be able to see them, (laughs) bad skin, you know, like problem skin, like all from being about 12 or 13 onwards, like I've never had a clear skin day in my life. You know, like when your mom's like, you'll grow out of it by the time you're 17, everything will be fine. And I'm like, mom, I'm 35. Like, when is this going to happen? And for a long time, I really struggled. I spent a lot of time and energy and money, by the way, trying trying to conceal like my problem skin, like this narrative that not having clear skin is somehow a problem so that we can be sold all of this stuff. Oh my gosh, if I ever saw a woman with acne not attempting to cover her problem skin, my judgment radar, oh my gosh, like I would have like alarms going off. Like I would feel this kind of like anxiety rising in me. And feel like how dare she, you know, how dare she? Oh my god, like look at look at the state, look at the state of of what I'm seeing. Like, and all of these horrible, like vile, shameful 
judgments that I was making of this woman were all underpinned by my feeling of, I wish I had the courage not to be devoting such chunks of my life to covering up my face, but I don't have that courage. So I'm going to make it not okay for her to behave the way she is. Like I'm going to make her kind of courage and her freedom and her not caring. I'm going to really make that not okay because then that frees me up from having to make progress in this area of my life. And when I look back at some of that stuff now, you know, I feel absolutely ashamed of some of my always thoughts, never things that I would say to anyone, but still like really, really not cool. But we have to get our heads around like what, how is this judgment serving me? And yeah, what am I getting out of this in order to be able to let it go? I think. Yeah, I think so much of it does start with you, doesn't it? I know for me, a lot of my judgments were around like, well, you can't be, you know, this level of successful. You can't make this amount of income. You can't have this much impact and not be a bit of a dickhead in the process or be sacrificing on your values or be stamping on someone in order to get there. And I realized when I broke that down, like, oh, that's not because, well, it's probably 50% because we don't often see that modeled, you know, the classic like female entrepreneurs in films, they're always single, they're always bitches, no one ever likes them, they never have any friends, you never quite see that role modeled. But then I realized as well, for me, it came from a limiting belief that I had that that wasn't possible and that I was almost allowing myself to sit in a more comfortable place by telling myself that lie and creating that judgment. And it's so interesting for you to give that example. I'm sure so many people are listening and it like clicks into place of like, oh, that's where that comes from. And it almost takes, kind of takes the shame away, doesn't it? And you no longer think, oh, I'm a bad person for doing it. You just think, oh, I'm a human where society's got in my head and I can do something about that. I hope so, because I think it, you know, it does apply in the same way in all aspects of our life. It's like you said then about people who have the kind of success that deep down you would like to access, but for whatever reason, you kind of aren't ready to move into yet. Like the ways in which we demonize the women who allow themselves like the freedoms that we want to have, like if we can really see that for what it is, then that prompts us into a sort of alliance with each other that's an essential part of how we move forwards as a society the whole of the patriarchy rests on us not trusting each other judging each other you know it's not okay that she's doing that it's not okay you know she can't be more than one thing she can't be an entrepreneur and a good mother that was another one of mine Mm -hmm. you know oh it's not how can I I really, really struggled with like early motherhood and how my business fed into that and what that what that was all going to look like. So I'd make up stories for myself around, well, of course, she's doing better in her business than I am, but I must be a better mother because I'm spending more time with my child as if that's, you know, the only facet of being a good mother, like clocking up hours spent with your child. And actually, I was miserable in the time I was spending with my child because I needed more balance in my life. So yeah, we all kind of keep each other in these traps, um, whether it's about business or motherhood or body image or any of these things. And we, we, we're we holding the keys. So we're all in these cages, like shaking keys at each other, being like, not letting you out, not letting you out. And it's just completely mad. Yeah, I think especially when 
I think what can help the most is seeing other people have that success to prove to you that it's possible and to prove to you that, you know, you don't have to be X, Y, Z things in order to achieve it. It's like we're all waiting for someone else to do it, for someone else to give us all the permission. But actually what's going to change the spaces that we're in is everyone owning publicly as well that success a little bit more and not feeling the need to put those disclaimers on it. I know I've done it where I feel like I need to accompany one Instagram story about a great launch with, oh, and there's all of these challenges going on behind the scenes. Or if I'm yeah. doing a year review that's public, I will always be like, oh, we need to put a few more of the challenges in, you know, almost to kind of validate those so that those don't seem as shiny. And I think part of that does come from a good place so it's not getting rid of that completely you know we want to show balance we don't want to just show the highs but I guess it's knowing why you're doing it and not doing it to diminish or take away from the success because that again only feeds into that narrative of oh but you know let's kind of take the attention away spotlights too much no no we don't want to share that yeah and I think it's also about is it really coming from a place because like you say it's very important I think that we show like the light and the shade of our businesses our lives if we choose to share portions of our lives like we have to hold in balance the light and the shade and I what I challenge myself around is like am I sharing this because I think it's helpful to people or am I sharing it because I want to be likable and I don't believe that women who have it all can be likable and so I need to be like like you say like oh this has gone great and this has gone great but by the way my kids are driving me up the wall or you know this is a heartbreaking situation in my family and sometimes we don't really know like what our motivations are they might be a combination of all of those things but I, I do think it's interesting I notice like if I post about a big success or even if I just post a really nice picture of myself and say something about myself or what I can do that is um, complimentary about myself in some way what I notice is I get a real like surge of love from loyal members of my community who I think understand me well at the same time simultaneously I get a load of unfollows because there are people who are just deeply uncomfortable with watching someone not caveat something great that they've said about themselves and I think that's really interesting to observe as well that clarification of is it me helping or is it me wanting to be liked is so powerful because you're so right it's not as black and white annoyingly is it of like you know do this and don't <laughs> do that because to a degree sharing the honest stuff I mean I feel like I'm preaching it all the time like it's so important but like you said it's knowing why you're doing it and not doing mm. it to take away from that success and only to reinforce that message of like success equals bad or we shouldn't own it but for those pieces of content to kind of sit in their own right. And it, yeah. it, it's funny, isn't it? Because I would even say like, oh yeah, like my audience loves the, loves the raw stuff. They love the struggles. They love the pain. But actually every time I share a success and I kind of have to hold my breath when I go to post because it feels a little bit scary, I don't necessarily look at the unfollows. I think that would drive me into a spiral. But the response that you do see, the engagement, the shares, the messages, it's always so positive and encouraging so it's funny that even though we might have the evidence there of like, people love it when I succeed, there still can be that bit there of like, oh, but is this right? Yeah. And do you know what I think it is as well? Like when I think about 
when I just mentioned then about sort of loyal long-term members of my community being really delighted for me, I think people who can really relate to you and see themselves in you because they've known about your previous struggles or they've seen you kind of struggle to make certain breakthroughs and they've seen you work really hard for them. It's almost like people are then more comfortable with your success. Whereas if people stumble across you and you're already successful, then it's like, oh, have you really earned that? Like, who are you to have it? And I know that I have um, a coach of mine who has been my coach over the years, who I absolutely adore and have been there to witness like right from the start of her journey. And the way that I, like everything she does, I'm like, oh my God, she's my North Star. You know, like I feel blown away by it. But I see people being triggered all the time by like, oh my God, she's talking about seven figures. Like, and and when they're only earning maybe a thousand pounds a month or something, you know, it, it, of course it feels like crash. Or, you know, is this really, you know, ladylike even for a woman, like ladylike, what a dreadful term for a woman to be talking about money in this way and to be proud of her earnings. And yeah, I I think depending on how much we are allowing ourselves to lean into our success, like that can be, you know, what kind of defines like how we respond to other people's success, like level to level. A hundred percent. And that's definitely something, even as you're saying that, that I can reflect back kind of my business journey and absolutely see the point where I, you know, I remember hearing it on, I think it was Jenna Kutcher's podcast. She said one of her learnings of the year was that success is just as scary as failure. And I think when I heard that, I was in like my second year of business, making zero money, no traction. And I remember hearing that and just thinking that is the least relatable thing I've heard in all of my life. That is (laughs) absolute bull crap. That's not true. And thinking back to it, I'm like, well, probably part of my annoyance at that was because I was, I felt quite comfortable in my little zone of, you know, what, what I was or more so at that stage wasn't achieving. And it said a lot more about my relationship with success and my kind of desire to almost not make myself want it. Cause then I'd realize I didn't have it than it did about anything to do with her. And I guess that's part of it as well. When we, when we show ourselves online Yes, to a degree, we can control it by making sure that we are sharing honestly, you know, the lows as well as the highs. But to a degree, it's out of our control, right? Because people's response says so much more about where they're at than it does about where you're at. I mean, I know for me personally, some of my best friends, I sometimes have to unfollow them because I'm just like, I don't know what it is, something about you right now, nothing to do with you, but part of me is being triggered by that. So I need to step away. And I think the conversation around that is something that we don't hear a lot of like it's okay from both sides to be unfollowed and to unfollow if it's not working out oh my gosh definitely and I think like people who I really like and respect can definitely trigger me and I do you know sometimes like mute people or unfollow people or just kind of scroll past them um, and I do really try to come from a space of compassion if someone is ever I don't really get a lot of rudeness like occasionally I do but not you know it, it is quite unusual for me to get any sort of rudeness but if I do I really do try to be in a space of okay you know something in the context of this person's life that I have absolutely no idea about is causing them to react in a way that is appropriate for them in the context that they understand it but to me it it feels like based on what I've said I'm not really sure how you've got to this like level of 
outburst at me or why you seem so cross with me like yeah completely like coming from that space of we all have our stuff because I think sometimes that conversation can come from a very patronizing place we can be a bit like well obviously they're unhappy in their own lives if they're coming here like giving me nonsense and we're not genuinely being empathetic we're kind of just being a bit smug Mm -hmm. and staying in quite a fearful place ourselves of like again like I'll just make her behavior not okay so that I can feel good about myself whereas from a more loving space you might be like okay I'm never really going to fully understand this but I just need to kind of release my attachment to it yes absolutely so if people are listening to this and they're I guess there's maybe like two camps people might be in I'd imagine maybe business owners who are a little bit um, maybe earlier on in their journey, maybe they're just starting out and they do hear the phrase of, you know, success is something that we're all scared of and isn't successful for when they're thinking that's unrelatable. But maybe <laughs> the idea of achieving success is holding me back from moving forward. Starting with maybe that first group, what would be your suggestion of kind of how they can work through that? Because even before you maybe feel like you're achieving your level of success, I think that fear of success, whether you see it as that or not, can absolutely almost disguise itself as self-sabotage, right? And stop that action. I really believe in um, kind of like 10 times in your vision. So if you are an entrepreneur at an early stage of your business and your goal at the moment is to turn over a thousand pounds a month and you're like, oh, I don't have any fear of success. Like, of course I want that. Why wouldn't I want it? Imagine yourself instead with ease earning £10,000 a month and then ask yourself like what comes up there if you're still not getting anything like 100k a month a million quid a month like and it doesn't just have to be money perhaps your goal is to get 500 followers on Instagram well what would it feel like if you had 500,000 followers I think if we magnify our visions for ourselves the fears are a lot easier to see and to access and then once we know about what those fears are around success you know because it can be fear of judgment but it can also be you know just like fear of getting trolled and disagreed with fear that it will get taken away somehow fear around like the responsibility that comes with like having a big audience or the responsibility that comes with how you channel your money but all of that might be kind of cloudy until you um, kind of magnify that vision in that way so that would be like a tip to help you get clearer about what your triggers for cut around fear of success actually are and then for each of them asking yourself like okay even if this kind of came true so like how likely is it some of them not likely but some of them are possible and if it did happen what would you do because fear loves ambiguity like fear really thrives you know it's like the monster under the bed like you don't look at it you don't look at it and you're you've created all of this fear for yourself and then you look under the bed and there's nothing there and everything is fine so if you can really confront the scenario and be like well what if it did get taken away for example what would I actually do oh, well, I'd be starting from experience instead of starting from scratch. Maybe I could move back in with my parents, maybe you know, whatever else other kind of strategies you might be able to use. And it's not to say that you're giving this loads of energy and attention because, of course, like we want to focus on success. But if you can know what you would do, you can kind of put to bed that raging fog of fear that's like, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, by yeah, having that kind of clarity. Now, I think that's such a good exercise for people to do, because like you said, when the fear is just like fear as a whole, it's really hard to actually 
understand what that is and then almost it becomes so big and vague that it's like cool I'm just not gonna do anything because that's intimidating but I love even those you know titles that you've given to it fear of success can look like fear of okay what if I then can't sustain it or fear of what if it gets taken away or fear of crap I now have a responsibility or fear of well how will I reach the next level once I've reached this one I think knowing for different people I know for me it's like every single one of those I can take the box <laughs> off but knowing kind of which of those it maybe manifests for you I think is so valuable so then if people are listening and they do feel like for them whatever that looks like they've reached their level of success or they they're continuing to and then noticing like oh yeah I do feel a bit uncomfortable about this I maybe feel uncomfortable in terms of how I'm judging myself or how I feel a bit unsure about sharing that with others what would be your suggestions for them I think I would love to kind of circle back to this point around successful women being in service of other women so if you can get into a headspace of This is essentially you doing your bit. This is you making your contribution. This discomfort that you feel, you being willing to carry that, knowing that you're making it easier for a woman next year, never mind the next generation, you know, a woman next year, the year after that, anyone that is watching to be able to find similar courage, then I think that's one point. But the other one is to also be clear, and this can sound dreadfully pessimistic, but I think it, you know, it's a simple truth. There's discomfort in all kind of, um, so whether you're successful or whether you're failing, there's discomfort. So it's a different kind of discomfort. So would you rather have the discomfort of being successful or would you rather have the discomfort of not living into your potential, wasting your life, not creating the legacy that you want, not providing for yourself and your family in the way that you want to, not being able to impact good causes and, and all of that. So it's a choice. Like we can't expect to live a life where we are constantly comfortable with our state or our circumstances. So I think it's about electing for one kind of discomfort over the other. I love that. Even as you're saying that, you did such a good job of explaining the discomfort of failure that anyone listening, I think is like, right, no, fine. I thought I wanted that. (laughs) Because to a degree, the discomfort of failure is a little bit more comfortable, isn't it? Because I mean, before you listed all those other discomforts that are definitely worse, but it is a bit like, it feels a bit more relatable, you know, it feels a bit safe. You can maybe play like the victim card a little bit. I know when my business was failing, I was like, I'm the most relatable person ever because everyone else who's failing, like, let's have a pity party. But when you list almost the price you're paying for that tiny, tiny bit of comfort, it... I mean, I don't know anyone that would have listened to that and gone, yeah, do you know what? That's the one I want. That's the, that's the discomfort I'm here for. <laughs> it's worth it. And I feel genuinely excited at the thought of us being able to, you know, continue creating a space in an industry where that success is celebrated. I know that even outside of the kind of bubble that we're in, I feel like we're still a bit ahead of everyone else. When I speak to family members or friends who are in corporate, my just openness it's not even openness it's just normal isn't it of like here's how much money this made and here's how great this is going and I I see their reactions and realize oh although there's work to be done in our spaces I think we're doing pretty well at kind of building this and it's exciting to think that that's only going to increase with more people I mean hearing your wisdom I feel like everything you've said in this episode I'm like yes need this (laughs) (laughs) I feel really excited for it too and I do think that 
that keeping that as a focus like bringing us all more and more into alliance with one another and making it sort of a shared mission to change the landscape of our society essentially I find that so motivating and so helpful so I hope that other people do as well thank you for everything you do honestly this episode has been like I could keep asking you questions for another hour Um, this has been (laughs) so interesting people can come and find you over on Instagram is that your main hangout Yeah, I love Instagram. I do have a Facebook group as well, which I'm trying to reignite the spark with between me and my (laughs) Facebook group. But come and find me on Instagram and you can find everything else from there. Amazing. We'll link Facebook group, Instagram in the uh, show notes of this. And I would say to people, go and watch your reels. Your reels are like a daily thing that I look forward to. It's like, which song are we breaking apart today? It's a fun thing. People keep messaging me like, you're actually ruining my life. Like one of my friends is a gigging musician and she's like, I cannot, like you're leaving me with nothing. And I'm like, don't blame me, blame the patriarchy. I love it though. It's it's a refreshing reminder I find because sometimes I think like, oh, damn it. Like it's all my fault. And then I'm like, no, society tells us this shit all the time. It's not us. Yes, <laughs> So people can go you. watch that. Thank you, Kerry. This has been fab. Thank you so much for having me. 